0: And uh, we are back again together. This is our first episode of 2024. Uh, looking forward to an exciting new year, uh, and hope you are too. Roger, how was your Christmas celebration this year?
1: Uh, Christmas was good. It was. Uh, we didn't travel anywhere, so that was nice. Didn't have to get stuck in traffic, and just had family come over. Had my brother in town, so that was nice. Haven't had. Uh, my brother's in town for a holiday for a while. So nice. It was nice. How about, how about you?
0: It was, uh, more or less uneventful. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's a positive thing. Uh, overall good, busy, uh, but very good. So grateful, grateful for that time. But now we're excited for 2024 and, uh, lots to, you know, think back on in terms of 2023 things to look forward to for 2024. Um, so we're here for a quick fire, yes. edition. Kind of look back, look forward, reflections and plans. Are you ready for that, Roger? I know because we don't know what we're
1: going to ask each other. So this is always a fun one to see how we're going to answer these questions and what comes out of
0: our mouth. There is a doozy. There is a doozy in here somewhere. <laughs> I, I won't start with it, but there is a doozy. I have in to here. redo my questions now. <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, we we like to do these quick fire uh, episodes once in a while where we think through a number of different topics, and in this case, we are kind of doing a reflections and plans kind of focus. But I'm sure there will be things in here that are not exactly in that you know vein of things. Yes. But let's let's start with one that certainly is, Roger. And uh, it was a thought that came to mind how do you use a time of reflection, like we're talking about, without it turning into regret? Mm, yes. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like, so, so we're reflecting and sometimes we're reflecting going, man, we, we didn't do the things we wanted to do or, or we yeah. didn't accomplish everything or things went a certain way. How do we use a time of reflection effectively and well without it be turning into regret somehow?
1: So I actually do this every year. Uh, I've done it for many years where I record in a journal hmm. the year and I look through everything. So I look through all the different spheres of life. So uh, I look at work, I look at family, look at the church. And one other area is my own sanctification hmm. and just to see how the Lord uh worked in life Mm. um and that that's where you could fall into a trap of lord i'm not as far as long as i wanted to be and and i struggled with this or i struggled with that and just thinking through that and it becomes all about self and morbid introspection
0: where especially if you see the desanctification instead uh, of sanctification uh,
1: yeah yeah, that's true especially in these years with kids i'm not sure (laughs) i have any left at the end of the year (laughs) But what I do is, you know, it, it's reflecting on it with keeping my eyes on Christ Yeah. that um, no matter where I end or no matter where I am, um, God is still sovereign over all of life. And he's using all the circumstances, both the good and the bad, both the sin and the faithfulness Amen. he's using. That's the Romans 8.20. All things are being worked together uh, for good in yeah. his own purposes. So... Keeping the gospel there uh, always helps uh, not lead to any regret because uh, you can't change the past. You can only look forward. Um, And even that, you're looking forward knowing that it's not going to be perfect. You're in a fallen world. But praise the Lord, we know Christ and he knows us and he's walking with us and hasn't forgotten us and nothing is a surprise. Amen. At the end of the year, it wasn't a surprise anything that happened. And so you can look back and, and that doesn't mean we're joyful in all those, what occurred, but we know it wasn't outside of God's caring eyes and yeah. what he's doing. So.
0: Amen. I appreciate that. And so you do that every year. You, you, you journal throughout the year is what you're saying, or you journal at the end of the year, a reflection yeah. on all this.
1: I journal throughout the year, but on, on January 1st, I do a, just, I spend, extra time. Okay.
0: Just reflecting and stopping and thinking before I start that new year. So so just, now that we got you on this journaling topic, I'm going yeah. off script here, sorry, yeah. that's this is fascinating <laughs> for me because I've started and stopped and not, yeah. um how how often do you journal throughout the year then? Is it every day? Is it I wish it week? was
1: every day. Okay. Um I try at least uh, once a week okay. whether it's prayers or you know, a journal I'm writing things I'm reflecting on. Um, yeah, I just do it throughout the year and try to at, at least once a week, once every two weeks, sometimes there's more time to sit down. Uh, sometimes there isn't. Um, but, uh, it's something that helps me process yeah. by just stopping and thinking and also helps me just, uh, reflect and rest yeah. because I get so, uh, just, you know, this, This life is difficult at times and you just get so many thoughts going on that just putting it down helps bring perspective back into life and what's going on.
0: I appreciate that that so much, Roger, because one of my struggles with journaling has been if I don't do it consistently and mm. if it's not every day or a certain pattern, I feel like I'm failing and so I give up. It's it's really a, a sad, sad story. But yeah. <laughs> um, be- so I love the fact that you're like, you know, what? sometimes it's once a week, sometimes it's more than that. And that's OK. And and just kind of keep going.
1: Yeah, because right there, right, you're gauging your performance. Yeah, it's becoming a performance thing that we do all the time yeah. instead of just spending time with the Lord or just spending time just stopping. And reflecting, you know. you know. So
0: before this turns into a psychoanalysis of my problems, we can do that. Let's, <laughs> let's, move, let's move on. <laughs> okay. So I guess you, you must have a question.
1: Yeah, I have a question. You you always love this question. Oh no. Um. So so I have to ask it. But what was the most impactful book that you read last or last year in twenty twenty three? Yeah. And I'm gonna add to that. Okay, so it's gonna be like a three-part question, but it's one question. It's all on books. Okay, so what was the most impactful book? Okay, what was a book you started but never finished? Okay, (laughs) because it wasn't impactful.
0: And what are you looking forward to reading next year or this new year? Okay, good, good questions. Oh man. Okay, so, so I think, and and sometimes this is just because of the the the, how recent it was that I read it. Okay, it's the one that's on my mind right now. And that is the book by uh, Jv Fesco called Justification. Okay, and it was just so well done, well written, so Mm. informative. It it answered. I I was telling someone I don't know if maybe it was you um, that I was saying you know I would read something that he's written and I'd go well that brings up this question and that question would Mm. be my mind and I'd read the next page and he'd answer that question Mm. as though he was reading my mind you know thinking through it in such a clear and effective way. So I I thought that book was fantastic. Favorite book of the year, at least for me, that I can think back on. Now, I I also read most of his book on um, the Covenant of Works, Adam and the Covenant of Works last year as well, and that was another really excellent book. I read two-thirds of it, and there's the third section I haven't finished yet, but it it was really good. It's not because it's not good that I haven't finished it, but I'll get back to it. There was a book I don't even remember the title now, um, of the book I started reading. It was on uh, it was on the Norm Shepherd controversy. Okay. The the Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, and and again on the same topic as justification, um, by a professor I want to say his name was June J-O-O-N.
1: I Think I've heard of that.
0: And. I don't know if it was because I was reading at the same time as Fesco's, and Fesco was just so clear and so good that Dr. June's was not as good, (laughs) but I kind of let that one slide and and stopped reading it after maybe about halfway through. Do you ever feel bad for not finishing a book? Always. Isn't the worst feeling? It's like you started it. Well, and then I have my wife telling me, you keep buying new books. Have you read all the books you bought? (laughs) And then I go, well. The title I've read, you know, <laughs> but Lee Doctor Lee Irons, okay, okay uh, told me that he kind of does the same thing sometimes, okay. so I it, I don't feel as bad after after that. Um, what am I looking forward to reading? Um, that's a really good question. What am I looking forward to reading? Uh, you know, I did buy a book recently that was recommended to me by my brother. And partly because of all the counseling that we end up doing, Mm. um, about marriages and divorce and stuff. It was called, it's called something like, um, divorce, marriage and remarriage in, in the ancient world or something like that. It's a guy who's, who I know as a, as a new Testament scholar and, and he's kind of searching throughout the ancient world as well, I think. And, um, and uh, kind of what the church has believed throughout on this topic. And so I thought, you know, that's a really good thing to dig into. Um, Sometimes a sad thing to dig into, but good for us to be informed and make sure that we, we know kind of what the church has always believed in this regard. And it's
1: interesting looking at even the Old Testament and some of the context of, of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's an interesting topic. You know what? That, leads to my next question for Uh-oh. you. Is that cool? Sure. Okay, because because a lot of our reading, both you and I read, we read a lot, but a lot of our reading is, maybe maybe we could say most of our reading is specifically for ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's counseling books or other books, we're, we're really thinking about our church and how to serve the people of God here. And so as I was thinking about that book that I'm, I want to read in 2024 on, on marriage and divorce, etc., this question I wanted to ask you came up. So how do you separate yourself from counseling situations when they're so close to you and you care so much about the people involved? And when I say separate yourself, yeah, I guess I mean, how do you not get so overwhelmed by, by, by those counseling situations? Yeah. yeah.
1: I wish I could say I'm perfect and I'm able to separate in all cases, but I'm not. Um, There was some advice that when I was going through a really difficult one uh, case, I reached out to a mentor Mm. and just explained the situation. was just sharing my heart uh, with it and how difficult it was. And the one thing he told me is he said, Roger, he said, if you don't trust in the sovereignty of God, you are not going to make it. With these cases, he Hmm. says, you have to trust in God's sovereignty, simple truth, very hard. Another thing that helped me and is helping me more and more today is I'm not the savior and I can't repair. I can, I'm a sinner and a beggar leading another sinner and beggar to the cross. And Christ is the only one who can actually help people. The spirit of God is the only one that can change. And as much truth as we may offer, we can't change the heart. So realizing I can't change the heart nor how they respond has helped me to step back and say, I'm not responsible. Mm. I can't take the load and the burden. Only one man can hold that burden. That's Christ. If I try to hold it, I'm crushed by it. So it's not as if I'm not empathetic or not sympathetic to the situations and just say, I don't care. It's rather I care, but I know my limitations and I can't take that burden. It's not mine. So I can pray. I can counsel. I can have tears with people. But at the end of the day, it's up to them and really it's the spirit of God working in the hearts. And that's where I have to remind myself. My trust is not in the process. It's not in, even the words that I'm speaking or, or the scriptures that we offer, that's not our ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is in Christ yeah. and for him to meet people and and knowing that some people are just not going to change. That's the reality of all of us, right? We're yeah. all resistant and stubborn and rebellious, but some are, are in a hardened place where God's going to do something in their life, but we can't figure it out. And I may think and and be all for situation turning out great, but maybe God's gonna allow that to happen and something on the other side is what will come out that I can't see. So yeah. I don't know all the variables. And so it's very hard because if you love a person and if you don't love a person, you're not really uh connecting and counseling well because you know, your heart is for the person and for their best. Yeah. But sometimes they look at you and say you don't really love me. You don't care. You're not helping when you've poured out your life and hours and sacrifice. Yeah. And then you start to get a little bitter and you realize, no, no, I can't. I I have to step back and say this is not about me. It's about Christ and keeping him at the center. Yeah. So, that's Amen. That's helpful. very
0: helpful. Very helpful. It kind of reminds me um of a book we talked about last year, mm. um, serving without sinking. Yeah, right. Minley. Yep. Yeah. It was a very good, great book. Excellent. Short book that everyone should read. Yeah.
1: It, it helped. It helped just kind of separate even from ministry to say, yeah. look, this isn't my identity and I'm not in control. And, and if I disappear, the Lord's still going to let his church go on and flourish without me. Yep. Cause we're just, uh, we're, we're the characters in his story. We're not, the main role we're not the one who can control all circumstances and I think in my younger years I didn't understand that yeah I'm still learning but I think there was just so much confidence in all the tools and everything we had which which you know they're great tools but that's you know yeah, in a fallen world, it doesn't always have a nice. It's not with it.
0: Not formulaic. Right? No, it's, it's not, not. You plug in these things, and outcomes exactly what you planned for. No, it's not the way humans are. No, especially in a fallen world. Yeah, yeah, good.
1: Okay, what do I have for you next? Well, I'll ask you uh, a question since you preach a lot <clears throat> oh, and, and 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 uh, study a lot. Um, what? what was your maybe favorite sermon title or theme that you covered, um, over the last year? And what are you looking forward to focusing on? Is there anything new that you're looking to explore, um, in your preaching ministry?
0: You know, I I should probably, um, Review things before coming to these. Uh, no, that's the point. Podcasts. You don't know it's gonna be <laughs> like. What did man, I preach last year? I don't even what remember I what I preached. On. <laughs> oh man, um, just just you know, during Advent there was some fun things. Yeah. Got to preach on on the servant songs of Isaiah, but I would say honestly, um, starting the book of Genesis, yeah, yep. was really big um, for me and exciting. Mm and uh, one of the reasons that starting to think really carefully about the book of Genesis and the covenant foundations and laying out what seems to me to be really the, the groundwork for Mm -hmm. really the framework of covenant theology that will take us through all of scripture that has been really uh, helpful for me. And I hope helpful for the congregation as well. And kind of reading some Meredith Klein has been <laughs> really yeah. exciting and, and good for the soul, seeing some of the things that he sees so clearly and going, wow, yes, that's so good and so true. Yeah. And so a lot of biblical theology, which is what I am looking forward to in the new year as well, is getting back to Genesis soon um, and, and digging in and okay. trying to Understand how the the biblical themes are really being kind of revealed mm. throughout. So biblical theology. Um, I, I also am hoping and praying, and this is, it's going to sound a little, well, maybe not strange. I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping to find ways because I can get so caught up in the theology, uh, biblical theology or systematic theology. I can get so caught up yeah. in. I feel like paul in in Ephesians when he says you know the mysteries being yeah. revealed right and he's so excited about those things and that he gets to declare yeah. them um that I also want to kind of bring it down to the level of our people yep and and work on helping them to see how glorious it is but also see what that should do to them each day does that make sense? yeah
1: and there was a challenge I think because you're in it for so long yeah. And you're thinking and studying. And when you come in a Sunday morning and the thoughts of the congregation have to get in. Catch up. Yeah, catch up. <laughs> it's very hard for the mind to catch up so quickly. Yeah. And so without the coming down and, and, the, and the practical aspect of how this actually affects yeah. life and our thoughts and our desires and our will and all that. um, it can sometimes be difficult because you're you're in a different spot in your mind when you're soaking it all up, and the connections are there, and it's easy to understand. Yeah. And then people are looking at you like, you know, where where we, are you right now? We
0: we don't understand that. Or yeah, why are you so excited <laughs> about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's good because that means you're you know you're in the word, and the word's coming out of you. It's not the monotone, boring. Just it's not. A lecture it's it's the word should be alive yeah um word is alive yeah, we shouldn't it kill it is what <laughs> I yeah, what yeah we, i forgot why, who, we're who said that uh one of my old professors used to talk about how you know if they had a boring sermon they would just check out and do something else during the sermon it's yeah. like why are you wasting my time don't make the word of god boring it's yeah. not boring that's right you know so yeah
0: um, yeah very good all right so okay. i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go Uh-oh. for it right here Roger. Okay. And I'm sorry, but you get to answer this question because I asked it.
1: Okay. Can I plead the fifth already? No,
0: because <laughs> it's not going to incriminate. You. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, maybe, maybe it will. Um, there are a lot of difficult situations that, um, arise around us mm-hmm. and some in 2023 that we endured and thought about and, uh, but people want, as elders of the church, they want our view and they want our our input on certain things. And so, how do we handle helping our people think through difficult situations, like, for instance, what's happening in Israel Palestine? Okay, you went there. I went there. I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, Ar- Armenia, Azerbaijan, etc. Those can. Mm-hmm. How do we help them to think through notice I'm not yeah you know I, I want I wanted I'm not saying hey what do you think about this situation I'm yeah. saying how do we help our people to think through these kinds of difficult situations when it's so easy to go the polarized direction yeah. that the, the people around us seem to want us to to go right and the yeah. uh, news media etc so w- how would you help people to think through these kinds of difficult tense situations.
1: My first thought is um, to not forget that the events around us are not to interpret the scriptures for us, Mm. that we need to be careful of the events around us Mm. and thinking instantly that they're fulfillments, Mm. Of, of prophecy. Good caution. Um, and that our hermeneutics need to come. You, we need to think about our hermeneutics and our exegesis, that the events of the world don't change our exegesis. And then we take them and say, look, here, here's the passage. Look what's happening because events have occurred, uh, many different times and many different cycles mm-hmm. and things happen. Uh, secondly, I think it's limiting our, our, um, uh, the amount of coverage we're receiving, just limiting what you're listening to, because if you listen to news, I, it doesn't matter which which station or which bent or which narrative you're taking in, but there's a narrative being played out in our media. So we have to understand the reality that we live, you know, in the United States. There are narratives in media, and different ones are giving. You'll get two. You'll turn on two different channels, and you you're like, am I living in the same country? Is this the same place? You're getting two narratives. So just realizing there's a narrative coming out. So being careful not to take it all in because we're shaped by a lot of what we're receiving and we're not engaging with that. So we're not actually talking back to the TV, telling the TV, no, you're wrong. We're doing it in our mind or with our friends (laughs) and then we're arguing with each other over all of this content that is outside of the scripture. Mm. What has the scripture told us? We know that God is sovereign over this world. We know that there is fallenness and that there are going to be wars and there is going to be a lot of tragedy that exists that yeah. does not change God's character. Now we're not talking about how does this all fit into the big picture. What does this mean for the end times? Those are all different questions. But yeah. initially, I think we look at at it of of what is going on. What could God be doing? And how are we responding? Are we actually praying for this situation? Are we actually mm-hmm. responding? Are we caring? How could we actually support and help? Um, without trying to get into the divide because at the end of the day all people are born in the image of God and so we should care for all people amen there's a reality to it and and oftentimes it just becomes polarized because we're taking sides and we're getting so caught up in the news cycle that we're not stepping back yeah and I think just turning it all off like I've turned most of the conversations and podcasts and all this about what's going on because I, I don't want the narrative to affect me so much. Yeah. I want to realize, you know, God's, God's still working. He's still in control. And what does this mean for Israel? Well, depending on your theological background and perspectives, um, you'll, you'll see it as maybe something of like fulfillment and something's happening, look what God's doing. Right. And if you believe that, my caution is step back for a moment because you don't know 100%. And be yeah. careful because you could be taking an event, and then interpreting scripture with the event occurring without making the right connection. And yeah. we we've seen people post things on Facebook and post Psalms and different passages that they think are the exact fulfillment. Yeah. But my question is, have has this not occurred previously? Yeah. You know, and what does this all mean? Well, we, we don't completely know all, all that's occurring. Um, But we do know that in a fallen world, this is going to occur again. Yeah. This is going to occur somewhere else. And it's going to occur again and again and
0: again. Yeah.
1: There's no peace that's going to exist until Christ comes back on this earth. Amen. It's reality. And
0: and I think one of the things that we need to step back and realize, whatever your perspective is, like you said, life matters. People are born, you know, these are people. There are images of God, little images of God here, um, and injustice is injustice wherever it is, yeah. and we can't, um, we, we can't allow the way we've been enculturated. So uh, you know, in this country, we we have been more pro-Israel mm-hmm. as a nation. Yeah, you know, it's the reality. It's just the reality of who we have been as a nation, and that cultural bent should not blind us from seeing the value of the precious lives of the Palestinians who are being killed as well.
1: I mean, there was a, Christian, uh, a hospital created by Christians in Palestine that was yeah. was destroyed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we've desensitized ourselves so much to the act yeah. and what's occurring. You see these pictures of little kids, yeah. and I don't care w- w- which side they're on. I mean, it breaks yeah. your heart looking at exactly. them. Exactly. Like, these are the ones who are suffering the most, or That's are we right. praying for the situation That's right. of what's going on? Because if we get caught up into the, is this justified or... They're just defending. And all of these political side of things, yep. we start to lose our heart. And I'm not, you know, the heart for, you know, people. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate. I mean, we see it in, in Armenia. I mean, how tragic. Yeah. And, and we should call evil what it is. It's evil what, what people have done to each other. Yeah. What what the government has done, and in in both situations there was evil committed, and that's right. we've got to call out. But at the end of the day, the people that suffer the most, all of these victims who just happen to be living there, who have no part in the history, that's right. Those are the are, uh, that that should just at least break our heart. At the end of the day, wherever side we want to argue on, yeah, can we at least be broken by suffering and not let it just go past us so quickly and forget that people are in the image of God.
0: Yeah. Amen. There's so much more on, on topics like that because they are just so hard, but I think your caution was so good, so helpful to, to think about that. So thanks.
1: Well, let's see if I have any other uh, questions. I should get a softball question for you now. Um, well you you kind of hit on one of them because I was going to talk about uh, uh, maybe some new stories uh, of oh. impact but okay what what uh in this last year oh yeah here here is my question um, what theological debate took the most of your thinking over this last year, and what do you think will be next in what what do you think will be a hotbed topic i mean there was there was Themes we talked about internally, they maybe weren't as in yeah. the greater world, but where where do you think we're going? Or what were you thinking about, and where do you think we're going with theological debates?
0: I, I mean, Twitter makes it seem like... <laughs> uh, the, it's X, it's not Twitter. Sorry, X. I'm sorry. <laughs> X, <clears throat> X makes it seem like... Um, the big issue is going to continue to be okay. uh, the doctrine of God. And so Trinity, that's been a big, big yeah. issue uh, lately within kind of the evangelical world. Um, but I'll tell you where my attention has been drawn to that I think is fascinating and interesting, at least for me, because of its implications for the doctrine of justification. Mm-hmm. And that is federal vision. hmm. Federal vision and really new perspective on Paul stuff as it pertains to justification. Now it's okay. old news for a lot of people. Yeah, probably not the people listening to this <laughs> podcast. But but it's old news to a lot. But it, it's become an interest for me, so I'm I'm excited to delve into some of that again after reading Fesco's book. I'm I'm reading through um, uh, Guy Prentice Waters' book on new perspective on Paul okay. and justification. So that's a, another one that is very interesting uh, to me. So that those are kind of the, the, the big ones that are on my on my mind. I will say that another thing that is on my mind for this year based on conversations with people in our congregation. So, mm-hmm. so that's more that's kind of the, more my big issue in my own thinking but as I'm I'm coming back down to kind of where some of our folks are and what they're wrestling with um is really kind of getting back to laying some foundations in terms of sovereignty and human responsibility, oh,
1: interesting. Okay, um,
0: where some of our our folks are, are really wrestling with with how believing that God is sovereign in the way that maybe the Reformed believe. Yeah. When we talk about something like meticulous providence and every detail, every jot and tittle, or every uh, molecule, using Sproul's language, you know. How how in the world does that fit with also seeing that people are responsible, that God is not responsible, sinfully responsible for sin? You know, how how does some of this work together yeah. and where is the the mystery and the tension? Now we've talked about some of this and many people have heard us talk about this, but it, it's a it's something that comes up so regularly in ministry that I've been thinking about how can I helpfully wrestle through this with some of our folks to allow mm. them to see that God is sovereign and he's also righteous and just, and that these can work together.
1: should so. read that little book by John Flavel, The Mystery of Providence, mm. Puritan paperback. Yeah.
0: I think it was 15, 1500s. It's got to be one
1: of the first ones I read. Yeah. That's really, it's really good. Goes over that mystery of providence throughout scripture and then in our lives. And I like those connections because it makes it really practical because it's not just over one area. We're talking about salvation, but there is a mystery in all of life, right? And we don't often talk about that as much, but we should think about that too. And there's something glorious about it, but then something that's mysterious. Yeah, Uh, yeah. About
0: it. Roger, you and I have talked about this a lot, probably even on our podcast, but an area for me that's really important is knowing when the mystery and the tension just remains. Yeah. And and we can't go beyond with our finite minds. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'd love to write more about this because I think there's helpful ways to study the scriptures and then stop and worship. Yeah. And sometimes more of our time should be spent stopping and worshiping than, <laughs> than talking any longer, yeah. you know? um, because we will not understand perfectly this side of eternity, or even in some ways beyond eternity, because God is God and we are not. Yeah. So how do we, how do we capture that and and be okay with that? That's something. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, I think I got another question here for you. It's kind of a, I don't know how you're going to answer this quickly. Give me a softball. It's a softball, okay. sort of, but I don't know how you're going to answer it quickly. And then we'll, we'll probably have to wrap up yeah. based on the time. So I'm going to throw it out there. And if you say, hey, man, we should do a whole episode on this one okay. day, then that, then you could say that. But now that we're thinking 2024, new year, exciting time, clean slate, so to speak, how do we schedule time more effectively in the new year and how do we build margin into our lives for unexpected interruptions how do we stop the rat race <laughs> just say no you sound like the 1980s and uh, <laughs> nancy reagan didn't she have that drug thing that did just say no to drugs um okay just say no to more
1: Um, I, you know, I I did a little bit in in reading uh, Jordan Rayner's book, Redeeming Productivity. Mm. Uh, I read that book last year, read another book on um, just productivity and time management from a Christian perspective um, and how we think about it and building margin and all of that. And this rat race we're going through. I think it it came down. I mean, we could talk about this for a long time, of course, but Um, realizing that we all have the same amount of hours and the same amount of time and we really can't, uh, we can't create more time. Mm. We can only steward the time we've been given, but realizing that there are some things we are going to have to say no to, and to be able to protect our time, which means we're going to disappoint people, which means we have to be okay with that. Mm. But realizing that if we think we can continue the rat race, um, we will hit our limitations that God put in our lives for good, which I want to fight against. Mm-hmm. I want to fight against a limitation that says I have to rest. I like to go 24-7 if mm-hmm. I can If I didn't have to sleep, I wouldn't. Right. That's me rebelling against God creating boundaries because for the sake of our health and our really being effective, we need to go to bed. We need to stop. We need to rest. We need to reflect. We need to have a better understanding of our limits, which will then help us change how we schedule our lives. And also remembering that our identity is not in all of what we're doing, how we're helping and all of that and finding our our true identity in Christ, but our true satisfaction in Him, not in completing and getting all this done and producing and, you know, all of that, so uh, a, a huge uh, discussion in just a, a you know, so quick bite, yeah. few seconds of just thoughts of, yeah, we have God-given limits, and we need to honor them. yeah, and if we don't, we will face the consequences that are just natural, yeah. if we think we're so driven. But I find limitations, identity, um, all seem to come out in that, yeah. um, and stewardship of time. Cause we all have, we all have the same amount of time. How yep. many? How are we using the hours God has given to us for His glory? So you said it. Just say no. That's it. If you can just say no, you'll build so much more margin in your life. Now we can't. I'm not saying always say no. Yeah. There are just learn times. Learn to say no. Learn to say no yeah. graciously. A yeah. gracious no serves. It's not just, it's not about you. It's about also serving the other person and the other person realizing there are also limits and there are also times when you can't be there for everybody. Yeah. Messes up your identity, messes up their hope because then they put their hope in you instead of putting it in
0: Christ. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, that's a great place to, to stop off in our first episode of the new year. Uh, so glad that you guys are listening again. For those who are uh, feel free to recommend and uh, share this episode and podcast and if you have any uh, questions or comments or topics that you want to share with us you can send that to feedback at rod and until next time if you enjoyed this episode of the rod and staff podcast please subscribe and share with others For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.